This is the Hardline Sports Talk with Michael Merlo and John Michael Masiri on the SND Podcast Channel. Here we go, episode 73 of the Hardline Sports Talk, and this is a big one. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm joined by John Michael Masiri. We've got a lot to do today. This is our NFL preview for 2022. JM, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Exciting times. We got the season right around the corner. Uh, this is our second one, too, our second prediction show. I'm starting to feel, you know, like a veteran with this podcast. Feels like we and just... This, this is easy. This is easy to watch. Yeah. We're so experienced doing these prediction shows now. So this is a big one. We're very excited. These are always so much fun. So Oh, uh, yeah. This is a fun time, man. I got fantasy drafts like every other night now I'm making predictions and all this stuff it's got a lot of stuff going on but I ca- I just can't wait for the you know for Thursday night Thursday night is coming toward us very fast uh Bills at Rams opening night is that prime where it's going to be on prime and it's going to be on I think uh national television as well yeah. I think the first exclusive prime game is week 2 and you know that thing with the prime ball I, I didn't I didn't believe uh, that for a second but uh, that was, People that was good. It was good. It was they did exactly what they wanted to do. It grabbed everybody's attention, and now everybody knows that Thursday night football is on Prime Video. People believed it for a second. I, I got a bunch of text messages asking, "Is this real?" Well, first of all, I'm I don't know, and second of all, I doubt it. Yeah. Anyway, let, let's get right into it. Uh, I think we're going to start in the AFC, and we're going to start in the AFC East. Is that correct? Yes, we are. And we're basically we're gonna go through each uh, division. What we have our uh, for projected record. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt the, the way we project the record. You know, if right. I say, for example, thirteen wins for the Bills, think of a margin of error twelve to fourteen around right. there, right. somewhere in the middle. We're trying to shoot for. Uh, we both use the same computer app where we can kind of predict every game, but it's still tough uh, to get an accurate number for each team so we're gonna do our best we'll start in the afc east and let's start it off with you jm yeah there was a lot of going back and forth with this app just because i would go through one time and i'd somebody's record would be nowhere close to what i wanted it to be so i have to go back fix it but um afc east so i got it finishing out as bills patriots dolphins jets um patriots and dolphins i have both at seven and ten so you know it's give or take um, but I got the Bills at 15 and two, the one seed in the AFC. I think they're going to easily run away with this division, and they're the only playoff team I have uh, coming out of this division. Yeah, you know what's funny, and I want to ask you. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions as we mm-hmm. go through each division uh, for the for the AFC East. My question is, why is it not more obvious that the Patriots going to have like? A fall, like a big fall off. I, I've seen a few people say, oh, well, the Patriots are going to be competing for a playoff spot. And you got them in third place here at seven and 10. Uh, I don't have them doing much better. I actually have them doing worse. I think it's weird that enough people, not enough people are talking about, I think a fall of the New England Patriots starting this year. Yeah, honestly, any other team, I would probably give them a worse record. Um, I think this is just me giving a little respect to the to the, the Patriots organization and the way they run things and Belichick, obviously. Um, I could see them if this was a, a roster, you take this roster, put them with another coaching staff. This is maybe a five and 12 team. Um, I gave them seven wins, like I said, which was being generous. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Mac Jones, I think a lot of people are uh, saying that, you know, he had a great rookie year. He's going to be a great quarterback. 
I think Mac Jones might have hit his peak already. I know that kind of sounds crazy to say. He'll learn some more things as it goes on, but I think he kind of peaked a little his rookie year. I don't think he could get much better. And I think that this roster, they just they had the probably the worst offseason in the NFL last year. Just a terrible offseason. Didn't really add anybody. They lost J.C. Jackson. Just their receiver room is still horrible. Don't have a lot of weapons. Damian Harris seems to be fizzling out with them too. James White retired. Bad draft. Cole Strange, a first-round pick. Nobody even knew who the hell he was. So I, I do not like the Patriots this year. That's why I got him at seven and ten. Yeah. So my, uh, you want to go? You want to finish? Finish off, and I'll give you um, rest of the, my AFC East as well. You want to go? You yeah. Go? Sure. So, like I said, I got the Bills at fifteen and two. Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody there. Yeah. Sure. Maybe fifteen and two is a little crazy, but. I think they're that good. Uh, definitely a Super Bowl favorite. Um, added Von Miller in the offseason. We we know about how great that team is. Probably could have beat Kansas City if we have different overtime rules last year. Uh, and then, you know, you go to the Dolphins. They're 7-10 and 10 for me. New coach. Not sure how that's going to help. I think Brian Flores leaving is going to make a bigger impact than people think. I think Tyreek Hill's been talking too much. I think he's going to kind of eat his words this year. He's gonna He might have a good year, but... I don't know if the Dolphins as a team will. I don't love Tua. Um, and then finally to finish off, you know, my New York Jets, I got them going 6-11. and 11. Uh, I think that's where they end up. Five to seven wins. Uh, anything short of five, you know, we're talking bad stuff. Zach Wilson's a bust or Salah had a bad year or something like that. Um, I just, I think this team's really talented, the Jets. They got a lot of talent all around, young talent, obviously. Uh, huge draft for them, but. I think that uh, they're not they're not there yet. They still got a lot of things to figure out. All right, I I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. Uh, obviously, I have the Bills winning this division. No surprise, as you said. I got them at thirteen and four. Uh, the the thing about this AFC East is that everybody's playing a brutal schedule. So you know, for a team like the Dolphins, who I have finishing seven and ten as well in second place, I like the roster. I like the coach. I don't love the quarterback. But the roster isn't terrible. The receivers are talented, but it's the schedule that throws me off here, especially with a first-year head coach. I've got the Patriots at six and eleven. Uh, Mac Jones, I believe in. I believe Mac Jones will be a franchise quarterback. I just don't know if Mac Jones is going to be a franchise quarterback right now, starting this season. I think the offensive weapons and the offensive play callers, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. That's going to be a massive problem for him this season, and I don't see how that works out for him. And finally, at 5-12, and 12, I do have the Jets coming in in last. The thing about this Jets team, they're young. They could be talented. I like what they've done with the roster, but the schedule is just brutal. I think there's a chance they start off 0-4. You know, you, oh, you yeah. play the Ravens. You play uh, the, the Browns on the road, yes, without – Deshaun Watson, but still a tough place to play on the road. They play the whole AFC North the first four games of the year. Right. That that is not easy. So I see the Jets probably starting off at, at the at the very best one and three. Uh, I don't think we're going to be giving up on Zach Wilson after this season, but or or Rob Sala, but it's not going to be a fun year. Right. And their their schedule, the easy part of it is from week like 15 to 17 or 14 to 17, something like that. Um, right after that AFC North tour, uh, they play the Broncos and they play the Packers. And then I think they have the bills. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a fun, uh, schedule. Unfortunately it has, it could literally get as bad as Owen seven to start the year. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point, 
But yeah, like you said, I mean, the tough schedule, the young team, um, you know, Zach Wilson's first, second year as a quarterback in the NFL, uh, Rob Salas, second year as a head coach, you know, you got a lot, a lot of guys who are still trying, are still getting their feet wet and trying to get the hang of things. And, and let's see this group mold together. So they're not, they're not going to the playoffs anytime soon, unfortunately, Does, right, but it's not a bad thing. You know, you 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 gel the team, you you build some things, and you go well, on. There's things that you and, could see this season that will be able to help you in building a future. If they go five and twelve, but they're close in a ton of games and just lost a bunch of close games, you will be able to say, "All right, we're really making strides towards being great." 100%. But if you're just getting blown out and you win five games and you won a few of them on the back end where you play the easier teams, you're not going to feel as great. Definitely. All right, let's go over to the AFC North. Uh, I'll start here. This is a really underrated division because I think every team in this division is really good. And if obviously if if Deshaun Watson wasn't suspended, the Browns would be a playoff team in my opinion. So I'm going to start off. I got the Ravens finishing at 11 and six and winning the division Uh, coming in second. I've got the Bengals at 10 and seven in third. I've got the Steelers at eight and nine, and then last the eight and nine Browns as well. Wow, eight wins for the Browns! Surprised. Um, all right, I, our the schedule first, gets uh, easier when Deshaun comes back. True. Um, our first disagreement. I got the Bengals winning the division again. I got them at twelve and five. I got the Ravens at eleven and six, coming second. Then the Steelers eight and nine, and then the Browns at five and twelve. You Not big was- Browns. While I was doing this, I actually forgot Deshaun Watson mm. comes back around. What is it? Week is it week, week 12 eleven or week fourteen? I think it's week. All right, he comes back week eleven. Oh no, sorry, he's suspended for eleven games, so it's probably week thirteen. All right, so I forgot that he's coming back. So then I went back a little bit and redid a couple of the Browns games and got to. Do you? Wins. All right, this so this is a very talented roster. When when he comes back, do you think he's just gonna like like you're saying like he's just gonna be thrown in and he's gonna light it up? Like, do you think he's gonna be really good? Or because I could definitely see him coming out of all this crap. You know, new team, all this BS he went through. Well, his own BS. It wasn't you know, it's his right. fault. Um. I, I I don't I don't know if he's just gonna come right in and be Deshaun Watson that we know. Guys have played football in two years. Well, I don't see him coming right in exactly being that guy, but I think eventually he'll kind of get the hang of it. A lesser schedule uh, will benefit him. But you're right, 100. They're not gonna go on a run where they just win out. You know, the rest of the games that he comes back and, and they go on a run to the playoffs. I definitely don't see that happening. But I think the roster is also good enough to kind of keep them afloat a little bit to where they're not the worst team in football, maybe the worst team in their division, but definitely not the worst team I, in the AFC. I think this will be a real test for Stefanski, too. I mean, obviously. You know, you're going to see – I think he's a good coach, but we'll see how good of a coach he is with Jacoby Brissett for 11 games. Right. And some big announcement from Pittsburgh that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback there. That came uh, Tuesday afternoon. Kenny Pickett – is the backup. He's number two on the depth chart, leaving Mason Rudolph at three. This is the right decision, in my opinion. It didn't feel like Pickett was ready. Trubisky, they signed. They gave a lot of money to. And listen, Trubisky isn't the greatest, you know, thing since sliced bread. Don't get me wrong. Right. But he was very coveted over the offseason. A lot of teams wanted him either to compete for their starting job, be their starter, be their backup. And he ended up going to Pittsburgh. 
I think they'll win some games with him. Not saying they're going to be world beaters. It wouldn't shock me if Pickett was the, the the starting quarterback towards the end of the season. But this is the right move to start the year off. Yeah. Um. Like you said, Trubisky. I think they named him a captain, right? Um. Did they really? Yeah. They just named him a, a offensive captain along with Najee Harris. Um. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna see. I, I'm really interested from the Steelers. Um. How their offense is going to change because. While Ben Roethlisberger was not that guy the last couple of years of his career, they still threw the ball like a lot. So I don't know if they're going to, you know, you obviously have Najee Harris, a bell cow running back. That offensive line is still not great. Um, so we'll see if they decide to go to more of a ground and pound approach now or how they switch the offense up. Um, I, I don't really see Mitch Trubisky going out there throwing the ball 40 times like Ben Roethlisberger did, but you never know. Um that defense is going to keep them in games and and their great coaching, Mike Tomlin. I mean, the guy hasn't, I don't think he's ever even had a losing season is going to keep them in games. We have them finally getting a losing season. I think we did the same thing last year too. The both of us said they're finally going to have a losing season and they, and they did us wrong, but they were probably the worst playoff team we've seen in a long time. And then proved us right on against Kansas city when they got wiped with like literally mopped with the floor um Kansas City could have played the backups in the second half. Oh, yeah. Game. Oh, Chad Henney would have thrown two touchdowns in that half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, the defense is gonna keep them relevant. That's why I have them eight and nine, just like you. Um, now the top two teams, it's it's this might be the most interesting top half of a division in the NFL because you got the Bengals who were on cloud nine last year, right? They go on this crazy run, they make the Super Bowl. Then you have the Ravens, who had a losing season because their whole team basically was on IR all year. Um, so it's like you got one team coming down back down to earth. Then you got one team coming back up to earth. Where do they stand? So I think the Bengals, what was their biggest problem last year, right? Their offensive line, their pass protection. Right. They probably could have addressed it better. Um, they did address it, but still not great um and then i don't really know if that will hurt them that much though because we saw last year i mean what did joe burrow get sacked how many times did he get sacked in that game against tennessee a like lot ten, like 10 times something ridiculous and they still won went on to the afc championship game they're still um, able to win these games the problem is first of all you're gonna kill your quarterback and second of all you need to be able to run the ball and Mixon's a great running back, but you want to really be able to control the ground game as well. Almost give your quarterback a break at some points. You don't want him to, A, get hurt, you know, scrambling out of the pocket, getting sacked, and B, over, overusing his arm. You're going to throw the ball a ton in a situation like this where you can't run the ball. So obviously this is a pass-first offense, but you want to be able to establish the run as well. I see the Bengals, a slight drop-off. I'm a big fan of the Baltimore Ravens, and that's why. Um I think the Bengals make the playoffs, but I think you're going to, you said it, come back down to earth. I think this team comes back down to earth, especially in a absolutely loaded AFC this year. I'm actually not as high on the Ravens as you were, as you are. Um, I was last year, but my reasoning is, listen, Watson's never had Watson. Jackson's never had a stud number one wide receiver. And he has Mark Andrews, who's, you know, was the best tight end in the NFL last year, basically. Um, I don't, I don't know how much I love this offense. 
I, I, I think this offense in the regular season is really solid. I'll take them a, a lot of weeks with the way they're able to run the ball. Uh, they have a great head coach. I love uh, John Harbaugh. But when it comes to the postseason time, that's a completely different story, and we're not there yet, and we'll get there in a little bit. I don't trust this team. But I think where they're able to control the ground game, control the clock, Jackson can throw the ball a little bit. I like this team to win enough games in the regular season to win this division. It's Dobbins coming back. And their defense is really good. I mean, they have a really good defense. Uh, their corners are coming back. They're just they're getting healthier. This was a team that competed last year with Tyler Huntley. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I got his name right, yeah. Tyler Huntley, right? Mm-hmm. This team competed big time last year with Huntley at quarterback, and they looked like a competent team with a backup quarterback and a bunch of guys, you know, that were backups, some practice squad players stepping up for them. So I believe in this team that they're going to get everybody back. And one thing I really love. And I mentioned Harbaugh. I think the difference between Harbaugh and Zach Taylor is what gives me probably another win or two ahead of the Bengals for the Ravens. Okay. What do you have the Bengals at? 10 and 7? I had the Bengals at 10 and 7 and the Ravens at 11 and 6. Okay. It's a respectable number. I mean, listen, I have the Ravens, you know, one win behind the Bengals. Um, in the beginning of the offseason, I had the Ravens winning the division. As I thought about it more, though, I'd still like the Bengals. I think the Bengals defense also a lot of people underappreciate. I think they have a really good defense. Um, And I just think this offense is so explosive when I look at them versus the Ravens. I I think that especially when you think about the Bengals last year, the way they carried that momentum into the late stages of the season, I'm sure they won't have that much momentum again this year. As we said, they might come down to earth a little bit, but I, I, I like them to win the division. Let's okay, head over to the your, your boy Joe Burrow. I'm a, I, I think that it's obvious. I'm a believer in Joe Burrow as much as I may not like him personally. Reasons why, um, I, I'm a believer. This guy is unbelievable. All right, let's go to the AFC South, which could be one of the worst divisions in football. Uh, that's my question. I'm going to pose: Is this going to be the worst division in football, or are we still going to give that to the NFC East? Uh, probably the East, but this has a... Actually, no, I'm going to say the AFC South is the worst division in football this year, and, and you'll hear my predictions, but I do want you to start off. Okay. Um. All right, AFC South. I got the Colts winning the division. I'm big on the Colts this year. This is going to be one of my uh, big points of today's show. Today's show. 13-4. and four. I got the Colts going 13-4, and four, winning the division. He's shaking his head. Uh, I got the same record as you. I have the same record as oh, you. Oh, really? Okay. They're my one seed in the AFC. Wow, really? They're my two seed. Yeah. Um, Titans ten and seven. Oh. Jaguars five and twelve. Texans four and thirteen. Any surprises? Yeah. Um, I'm really shocked by that Titans pick. Okay. Well, give me yours, and I shall explain. Yeah, so I got the Colts coming in a 13 and 4. They're my number one overall seed in the AFC. I think this team is legit. I got the Titans. This may shock you at 7 and 10. The Jaguars. I got a bone, I got a bone to pick with you, kid. The Jaguars finishing at 6 and 11. 
and the Texans like you four and thirteen. Although I am a believer in Davis Mills. I know we're not going to talk about the Texans that much. I like, I like that. Davis Mills. I like that. Let's ride Davis Mills. Texas country. Um. <laughs> all right. So I was going to make nice points about the Colts, and then it was expecting you to say you got to relax, but now you're giving them the same record I am. I love. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll touch on the Colts. Um, I don't think we're. I think people realize how bad Carson Wentz was, but I actually don't think people realize how good of a quarterback Matt Ryan still is. I don't think Matt Ryan is the Matt Ryan of the Super Bowl five years ago, MVP Matt Ryan, but I think he's at least a top 16 quarterback in the league, which is better than what Carson Wentz was. I mean, Carson Wentz is a bottom half quarterback in the league. I think he's I think Matt Ryan with a good team is right around a Kirk Cousins level guy. Right? Yes. A good team in a great offensive system that is pro quarterback yep. that has a great ground game. Not going to rely on Matt Ryan as much. Yep. And a solid defense. Yep. In a dome. Mm-hmm. I I love it. I think it's perfect. It's got good weapons. You got the the best weapon in the NFL with Jonathan Taylor. You have Michael Pittman, who I think I at least am expecting a great year out of him. I think he's really going to establish himself as a top 15 receiver in the league. I think he's going to be that good. Um, And yeah, like you said, the I mean, the defense is great. You got good players all around the three stages of the defense. Um, I love Frank Reich as a head coach. I know you do too. I I think this team is an underachieving team from last year that we, we thought was going to be better. And we know about the, the collapse in Jacksonville. Um, they were right in games with the best teams in the league. I think Matt Ryan takes them to that 13 and four level. I think this is one of those, one of the best rosters in the NFL. I couldn't agree more. Matt Ryan, when he had good teams in Atlanta, they went far and this is a good team. And again, not relying on him as much. He hasn't had a situation where the offensive line was so good and the running back may be their best player on offense where they're going to beat the crap out of Taylor and not beat the crap out of Matt Ryan. So I I really like this situation for Ryan and the Colts. Let's get to the Titans here. We have a big disagreement. We're a three-win disagreement. And obviously, again, you know, take it how it is, a couple wins here and there. But uh, anywhere from seven to eight wins for me with this Titans team. All right. See, here's my my reasoning for the Titans. They went, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. It was kind of a weird yep. number one seed. They won 12 games. You know, it was just the way the standings fell or whatever, plus the bad division. Whatever. Put that aside. Number one seed, they had 91 different players play for them, right? That was like an NFL record, really hurt team. And now the biggest thing we think about post-Titans season heading into this season, no more Julio Jones, but more importantly, no more A.J. Brown, right? A.J. Brown's gone. I don't think it's going to matter as much as we think. Let's remember what the Titans are as a team. They're a run-first team. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL for this offense, right? He's just a ground-and-pound machine, can't be tackled by one person. Um, And... Listen, is Ryan Tannehill the best quarterback in the league? No. Definitely not, not even close. Um, I think we started to realize what Ryan Tannehill actually is. He started coming back down to earth. But I think for, this is a very well-coached team, like we've said about a lot of these teams. I think the defense is 
it's not great, but it's not horrible. Um, I think you have some guys on that defense that are going to maybe have good years. Jeffrey Simmons, for example. Um, and I think that Robert Woods and Traylon Burks are not that much of a drop-off. I, I don't want to get crazy, and I'm not going to make this statement. But you could argue that this number one and number two receiver are just as good as A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. I mean, Julio Jones could barely stay on the field last year, and even when he did, you saw he's not Julio Jones that we know. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't go that far because I, I do respect A.J. Brown a lot. I don't think anybody, you know, is Burks and uh, Woods Woods is on the level of Brown. But Agreed. yeah, I mean, the other Agreed. two for sure. You could say are right around the level or even better than Julio Jones was last season. My reasoning with the Titans is simple. I'm not a fan of Ryan Tannehill. Uh, not, again, not so much that Jones is gone. A.J. Brown was a big part of the team, but he was always hurt. But I think right. this is the year where we kind of see, and I, you know, I hate to say this and I hate to do this, but I think this is the year where we see a little bit of a decline with Derrick Henry because this is a big human being. It's definitely possible. That, that takes a ton of hits. And think about where you got to tackle this guy. You got to tackle him down low. And eventually these legs are going to have so much wear and tear on them that it, it's going to be tough for him. I right. don't trust that he's going to be able to get through another season. And we saw it last year. He was banged up. He was banged up in the playoff game against the Bengals, and he was definitely not the same player. Looks like they rushed him back. I can't trust that this guy is going to stay healthy again for a full season. And if he's not healthy this season, I can't trust this Titans team because that offense goes through him. I The defense is fine. Man. They lost Harold Landry, I'm pretty sure, for the whole season. But Simmons is a great player. He's very underrated. He got paid big time. He's a fantastic player on that defensive line. I, I just don't trust the team. And I really like the coach, too. I love Rabel. Yeah. But I can't trust that Henry's going to be healthy. I just think we talked about how weak the division is. I don't, you know, they could go four and two in this division. You know, they could lose or they could go five and one. You know, we, we love the Colts, but they could beat the Colts at home, right? We know how divisional sure. games go. They could beat the Colts at home. And then you got the Texans who are going to be a pushover again this year. I think the Jaguars have a little potential to make a little noise uh, just because, like, how could they have a worse coach than last year and all that stuff? Uh, and, and obviously we know Trevor Lawrence has all the talent in the, talent in the world. But I think their schedule helps them out, especially when you look at the other teams in the AFC and you're like, oh, crap, they're playing a way harder schedule. Look at their division, you know. I mean, we went through it. This is just the way it happened when I uh, punched in all the, the results. I think if, I, if this predictor basically proved my point, saying that the, the Titans, maybe I coming in, thought they were 8-9, 9-8 nine, nine but when I punched in all the games, looked at their schedule, they're 10-7. and seven. All right, let's let's uh, let's get out of the AFC South here. I agree, by the way, with the Jaguars. I think they're going to be better this year. I got them at six wins uh, with a professional like Peterson. I think that uh, Lawrence will improve and the whole team will improve. Uh, let's head over to the AFC West, the best division in sports wow. right now. The best division in sports. Yes, I said it. Probably I'll start right. off here. I've got the Chiefs at 13-4 and four winning this division. Coming in at second, I've got the Los Angeles Chargers at 12 and 5. Coming in at third place, excuse me, I've got the 9 and 8 Raiders. 
And last, I've got the eight and nine Broncos. All right. Very, very, actually not very similar, but like in terms of the record, similar, just not the same standings. Uh, right. Coming in first, I got the Los Angeles Chargers at 12 and five. Coming in second, Chiefs, 11 and six. Broncos, third, 10 and seven. Wow. Raiders, fourth, nine and eight. So they are literally a win apart, one through four. Um, so the Raiders do not make the playoffs in your scenario. The Raiders do. I mean, it's possible for them to, uh, in real life, their four teams can make the playoffs. But in my scenario, no, they they miss the playoffs. Right. And the Broncos get in. The Broncos get in at the seven seed. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's start at the top. Uh, Chiefs, Chargers. Uh, I'll start with the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs are kind of getting disrespected here for whatever reason. All these projections that I see the last uh, couple of days now, I see the Chiefs being left out of a lot of top seeds, and I don't think this team is going to the Super Bowl, uh, but they still have, in my opinion, the best quarterback in football. They have the best tight end in football. Their offensive line should be, you know, good enough, you know, league average, maybe a little bit above average. The defense... Kind of forget about their defense because their offense is so good, but I think the defense will also hold up. I just see when you have Patrick Mahomes that you can't forget about this team, and that's why I have them as the two seed in the AFC. Yeah, um, I'm a little lower on them. I got them at the five seed. Um, I have usually in the past when we talk about the Chiefs, right? Like you said, we talk we talk about Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. No more Tyreek Hill. We usually just brush the defense off to the side. Because the offense is so explosive, the defense kind of just has to not get blow up every game and they'll be fine. Defense was like 25th in the NFL last year. I I don't have a lot of confidence in them to be much better this year. And I think the offense might hit a little snag just because I think Tyreek Hill was A, just such a good player for them, but B, he also, because he was such a good player, I think he made the offense so much more dynamic where you had to respect that over the top. Don't get, you know, let Tyreek Hill run past you. Now you're opening up the middle of the field that helped Travis Kelsey out that helped whoever else out the run game, whatever. I think it just let other things fall into place. Now that you take that away and replace the vertical threat of Tyreek Hill, plus not even vertical threat, sideline to sideline, you know, the speed goes everywhere. Um, the explosiveness, not just the speed. I mean, a lot of guys are fast. You got to be able to do something with it, though. Hence my point, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and McCole Hardman, I don't know if they're going to be able to fill that same role that Tyreek Hill did. So now I think teams are going to be more on Travis Kelsey. I think you'll see maybe teams' best corners covering Kelsey or maybe less uh, high safety, right? Bring the safeties down, load the box a little more. We'll see what happens. Obviously, you need to respect the arm of Mahomes still. He could throw it 80 yards if he wants to. But um, I think this team takes a slight step back. That's why I have them losing the division for the first time in however many years. Um, and I just – I like the Chargers a little more. I do. I love the Chargers. I, I've said that multiple times, and we'll see in the playoffs when we get there. But uh, the reason for the Chargers – I don't even, I can't even tell you. I think I just respect Mahomes so much that I got him, you know, winning a game probably where, you know, maybe whether it's in Arrowhead, whether it's in LA, I probably have the Chiefs winning one of those games. But 
I listen, your point about Tyreek Hill is very fair. It's tough to lose a player like that. They did add speed, MVS speed. I like Juju. The, the I think Juju is actually gonna have a pretty good season uh, in in Kansas City. But it's it's a massive loss that's gonna change a lot for them. Uh, to go to the Chargers, I, I think this Chargers team is the mo- one of the most talented teams in all of football. You have one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league, Herbert. I think he's gonna take another step forward. Uh, they added to this defense. They had Khalil Mack now to go on the other side of Joey Bosa. They had you know arguably the, I, th- I think the best corner in the game last year. JC Jackson. This is a loaded, loaded team. And I think Brandon Staley in his second year learning more, getting more experience. Uh I listen, I like his aggressiveness. You know, he uses a lot of analytics. Um, I like his aggressiveness. I like going forward on fourth down. I like passing it up, passing up a field goal and trying to go for a fourth and short. I like that. But he right. got way too aggressive at times. And I think he's gonna learn from those mistakes and, and become a better coach. But stay aggressive, just not as aggressive. Right. Um one thing I think that I've just come to the conclusion, Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, and then maybe Burrow. I don't know if I'm ready to throw Burrow in there yet, but the three of those guys, I think they're all like so – I don't even know who the most talented is want, is anymore out of all those guys that they're just going to like for 10, 15 years like go back and forth with each other for like who's having the better year. And like like they're all on the same level than me at this point. Um, so that's why I think Mahomes might take a little step back this year. Um, you know, he'll still put up good numbers, 30 plus touchdowns, 40, maybe even 40 touchdowns. But, um, I think this is more of a Herbert Allen year. I think their, their teams are better. Um, the chargers, you know, they fell short last year. You know, we know that crazy, uh, week 18 game, but like we said, the additions in the off season were great. J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, amazing. You have two great receivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. One of the best running backs, probably the best pass-catching running back, if not Christian McCaffrey, but uh, Austin Eckler. And um, the line is great. There, there's just there's not a lot of holes on this team. It's a great team. Um, not much to dislike about this team. And when you're, going, gets... when you're going out there in those beautiful jerseys every week, you probably play a little better. The only thing I don't like is the home field advantage that the fans aren't great. Hopefully they come out this year, but um, we'll see what happens there. I would, to that stadium? The, the, kidding me? Oh, 100. In that stadium with that team, with that quarterback, if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be there every week. Yeah. But if I could if I could afford it. Um, anyway, <laughs> the bottom of the division, which is very, very interesting. We'll try and do this quick. Um, the Broncos, obviously they had Russell Wilson. Uh, the Raiders, they had Devontae Adams. They have a new coach, Josh McDaniels. My question to you is, why is there pessimism around this Raiders team? Um, It's a good question. My pessimism, personally, I don't like the coach. Okay. Um, I think McDaniels, you know, it's not his first time trying to be a coach. Um, The Belichick coaching tree has not proved successful. I know that, you know, every guy's their own person, but... It has not proved successful in recent memory, you know, vis-a-vis uh, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. Um, Brian Flores was a pretty decent coach, but we know that it's a whole different situation. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I don't love the coach. The division is loaded. I think if this Raiders team was in the AFC South or just about any other division of football, maybe I have them winning 10 or 11 games. Um, but 
I think they have the least talented quarterback in the division. I think they have the not the they don't have the worst no they don't have the worst defense in the division but they don't have the best they don't have any really uh groups that to me says that's the best in the division besides the pass catchers that's it I love the wide receivers obviously Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football uh and he goes way back with Carr You've got Hunter Renfro there who gets overlooked all the time. He's a fantastic player. Waller had a down year. If he's healthy, he's going to be big time for them this year. Uh, they'll have some sort of running game with a couple of running backs. I understand that. I can kind of understand the pessimism with the coach, but I think McDaniels is actually going to have learned from his mistakes in the past. I think this is going to be a team that with, winning games from their defensive line. I think their defensive line is going to be one of the best in football. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones coming from each side. That's going to be difficult to stop. So, um, and with the Broncos, listen, you know, we're not going to give them as much love here. I'm not going to give them as much love. You add Wilson. I don't know how much I trust the rest of this team. Right. And you have a rookie head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know what he is. This defense guys on this defense have not stayed healthy. Do we know Judy's going to be a star receiver? What do we know about Cortland Sutton? Let's see how they face, they fare with a legit quarterback. I think they're going to be good receivers. I don't know if they're going to be studs. All right, let's head over to the NFC side. We're going to start in the NFC East. Uh, for a very long time, this has been the worst division in football. Uh, and you could argue, argue it still is going to be this season. But I think we're going to see improvements from one particular team I'll start this division off, my division, you know, my favorite team here. So, well, let's go. I'll start off. I got the Eagles winning this division at 11 and 6. I've got Dallas coming in second at 10 and 7. Washington coming in third at 7 and 10. And the New York Giants in last at 6 and 11. And by the way, just to be clear, all these teams have the easiest schedule in the league. The, the the NFC East is playing the easiest schedule this season. Right. Um. All right. I got the Eagles coming in first, ten and seven. Okay. I got the Cowboys second, nine and eight. Commanders third, six and eleven. Giants fourth, three and fourteen. All right. We discussed. So we both like Philadelphia here. Uh, I, I'm really high on Philadelphia uh, just because of their playoff matchup in the first round. I don't have them moving far in the playoffs, but if they were playing anybody else, I'd have them most likely upsetting them, but I don't. The one thing about Philadelphia, we see um, Dillard, one of their offensive linemen go down. It seems like their offensive line the past few years has had a hard time staying healthy. And obviously it hasn't changed this season. They're already starting off the year with a big injury. So that would be my only concern is injury. But, I mean, this roster is very good. They added defensively. They added offensively. They give Jalen Hurts a true number one wide receiver. Not only does that make Hurts better, it makes everybody on that offense better, including Devonta Smith, who seemed overwhelmed being the number one guy last year. No doubt about it as a rookie, and, and rightfully so. He should have been. That was a tough situation. Dallas Goddard, I believe, is a very solid tight end. Good offensive line, like we said. And maybe Miles Sanders isn't the greatest running back, but they have multiple guys that will be able to run the football. Right. I mean, if that's the position group you're worried the most about, you can you're get away spot. with that. Yeah. I mean, look at the Bills. They haven't had a great running back in years. And, you know, they're they're doing just fine. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I got the Eagles winning the division too. Um, the the schedule to start the year is, I mean, ridiculous. Like it's a walkthrough. Um, and the Cowboys. I was watching um, this was Get Up or one of those shows, and they were talking about this. Um, the Cowboys could be in a lot of trouble by the time week they're. I think they're meeting up week seven or something like that. Week six, the Eagles and the Cowboys for the first time. Um, and the Cowboys are coming off, you know, a couple brutal games. You know, we, we know they have the Bucks week one. They got a couple other really good opponents thrown in there somewhere. I'm forgetting their schedule right now. I can check really quick. Right. They open up Bucks, Bengals, Giants, Commanders, Rams. So, you know, you got three games right there in the Bengals, the Bucks, and the Rams. Great teams. Um, By the way, so, I think they're going to beat I, – I think they beat Tampa Bay week one. But that's a discussion for another day. But you're 100% right. And let me pose this question to you. Who has more pressure on them this season, Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts? Wow, that's a very good question. Um, oof, uh, who has more pressure on them this season? Okay, I, can, I mean, I'll, I, I, I'll I answer would, first if you want. If you, unless you I, no, I got, I got an answer. I'd say Jalen Hurts. Um, Dak is an answer. The reason why he's not my answer, um, he's got the contract. But... I think the fact that Jalen Hurts, you know, he's not on the contract yet. He doesn't have his – they don't know if they're going to go with him as their franchise quarterback. Um, plus, you now bring a weapon in A.J. Brown over. There's expectations for this team this year. We didn't have expectations for the Eagles last year. But there's expectations for this team now. You're supposed to win this division. Um, Dak, there's pressure to be to take that next step. We're still waiting. We see it in flashes out of Dak. Hasn't had the success in the postseason. Hasn't been able to consistently do it over 16, 17 games, putting up those MVP-type numbers. That's the pressure for Dak. But like I said, the fact that he's already signed on as their quarterback and isn't playing for his job, I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. All right, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite way of you, and this isn't on purpose. I think Dak has the most pressure. Listen, Jalen Hurts is in a tough city, Philadelphia. We know that. There is a ton of expectation around this team. But I think Jalen Hurts, the ability to have such a great roster around him, I think the overall roster is better in Philadelphia than it is in Dallas. And plus, this may sound like a hot take. I think I'd rather have Nick Sirianni, yes, a unproven coach still in this league. I thought he had a fine first year. This is going to be a big step in telling whether or not this guy is going to be a legit head coach for the, you know, the rest of his career in Philadelphia. But I would rather the uncertainty still with Nick Sirianni than what you get from Mike McCarthy each week. And I think having that kind of comfort with a coach and knowing what you're going to get with those guys, I would say in Dak's situation, you have Mike McCarthy, who has not been a great head coach since he's gotten to Dallas. Kellen uh, Moore, I'm almost blanked on his name. Kellen Moore, who we really resurrected last year. We said, this guy's the next Sean McVay. He ended up having a really tough end to the year last year and did not get a head coaching job after everybody thinking he was going to get one easily. So I think Dak's got the most pressure because he has more to prove in the postseason because we know what Dak is, but Dak hasn't taken that next step where we need to see it, and that's in the postseason. True. I mean, this Cowboys team, what, what is they have three? The franchise has, what, three postseason wins in the past, like, 25 years or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, America's team. Anyways, um, so the reason why I have Dallas finishing below Philly 
Um, the schedule is tougher, right? Dallas won the division last year, so they're playing all the first place teams. Tougher schedule. Um, but also, I think this defense is going to take a big step back. Um, I think they were a very turnover-reliant defense last year, which isn't a bad thing, right? That's the name of the game, win the turnover battle. But I think, you know, Trevon Diggs is going to come back to the earth. Um, Micah Parsons is great, but that's one of 11. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence got a year older. Uh, let's see if he can stay healthy. He's always banged up. Let's see if he can stay healthy. Exactly. Um, and I just don't, I don't know if this defense is going to perform as well as it did last year. I really don't see it, uh, performing to the same level. Now on the offensive side of the ball, you lose Amari Cooper. Um, not a huge deal. Um, will hurt a little probably, but, um, I think, you know, CD land makes up for it. Definitely. He's your number one last year. Anyways, uh, Dalton Schultz in a contract year. I'm expecting big things out of him. We saw Dak really became reliant on him and we'll see what happens with the whole Tony Pollard Zeke situation, because we saw last year, a lot of times Tony Pollard looked like a better running back than Zeke looked more explosive, right? Zeke's got a lot of mileage on him now. He's not in the shape he was when he came into the league. I mean, you look at Zeke's Ohio State tape. You're like, that's the same person. <laughs> um, the guy was like well, an yeah, adopt. Yeah, well, now he's fat. <laughs> yeah. So Dallas, I have nine and eight, and that's with their, you know, tougher schedule, um, but in an easier division. So I think it kind of balances out. I think that's just about their true evaluation. I think they're about a nine-win team this year. And, and, and that's why I think they finished below, below Philly. Well, one th- I got a couple of quick things. I want to move to the bottom of the division for a second. Uh, with Dallas, number one, outside of Aaron Donald, I think Micah Parsons is one of the most talented defensive players I've seen in my lifetime. I think this guy is going to be an historically great wow. player. I don't think that's – I honestly don't even think that's a hot take. I think this guy is going to be that good. That's well, number one. Yeah. Number two. Michael Gallup is coming back for this team. I really like Gallup. I think he's going to slide in and be a great number two. And they've also drafted a couple of guys. They got this guy Tolbert they drafted and they like. A couple other guys too. I think they'll be fine over there. I think Dak will – I think Dak's a talented enough quarterback to make uh, the two and three and four receivers work. And obviously he said Schultz is solid. And finally, the running back situation. Listen, it might not be good for your fantasy team, but for the Dallas Cowboys to have two guys like that, is great for their team. So I, I I think that works. All right, let's go to the bottom of the division very quickly. We brought up Carson Wentz before. We're this time with the Colts. Now he's with the Commanders. Uh, we're around the same win total with them. I don't think they're anything special. Yeah. Um, six and 11. <laughs> Chase, I mean, Chase Young is the, not starting the year. Chase, Yeah, Chase Young's banged up. The defense is good. Not great, Um, but good defense. I think that's what will help them win a couple games. Um, Terry McLaurin, I'm sure we'll have a decent year. The running backs. I mean, Gibson seems to be, he can't keep the ball in his hands. He's fumbling nonstop. Uh, Brian Robinson, that's a whole different situation. I don't know what, luckily he's okay. I don't know if, when's he, when he's going to play. JD um, McKissick. JD McKissick is still around. <laughs> yeah. Um, over there. Yeah. I mean, let's, you know. Let's not dive in too deep. This franchise is a dumpster fire. Carson Wentz, God help his soul, is the franchise quarterback for the Washington Commanders as of right now. And uh, I don't know if that's the, the, the franchise I'd want to save my career. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, you got anything for the Commanders? 
I got really nothing other than they're very boring. Right. I don't think Wentz is going to be much, and I think they're going to pretty much be irrelevant, but the defense will win them a few games, and Wentz will have you know a few of those games where he plays very well, and, and he'll be able to win them some, but he's going to lose them more than he'll win them. Uh, the Giants, very quickly, I think you're going to see um, a couple of guys start a quarterback here, and, and that's Daniel Jones, and that's Tyrod Taylor. Whether it's for play taking Jones out or whether it's because of injury, this guy is not uh, shown that he can stay healthy consistently. So this is going to be a tough year for the Giants. I like the coach. I like the GM. I think they got the coaching staff right. I like Mike Kafka as the offensive coordinator, and I hopefully believe that next year they really start uh, seeing some more improvement. But this could be a tough year for the G-men. And their schedule's so easy. I think they are going to be able to find a couple of wins in here to make them not so – irrelevant to the I mean they're gonna be irrelevant but not as bad as you would want them to to maybe go and grab a quarterback. I, listen, if they're gonna win six games, I hope they, you know, lose two games, you know, because you want that chance at a franchise quarterback. But I think that they'll win a few more games than uh two or three. Yeah, I mean I have them at three and fourteen. Um like it is a very easy schedule. Um I just think this offense is going to be terrible. I mean, I really, I think that it's, it's going to be possibly the worst in the league. Um, Saquon is probably going to have a decent year as long as he stays healthy, just because I don't know who else the ball is going to be going to. Uh, Tony's a, a, a nice, nice piece for them. You got Wandale Robinson, second round pick for them. We don't really know much about him yet. Um, besides that, obviously he's uh decently regarded player considering he was a second round pick but um Kenny Galladay is 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 very quickly looking like one of the worst signings uh in recent memory honestly um but the offensive line I I hate with the whole training camp buzz thing just because you know, it's training camp and you got rookies going on, but we hear this stuff about Evan Neal saying he's terrible. He looks horrible in camp or whatever, but then you'll hear something the next day saying he looks really good. So I think let's, 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 let's pretend training camp wasn't a thing. Andrew Thomas had a good year last year. I think Evan, really Neal, good year last year. I think Evan Neal will probably have his struggles like most rookie tackles do. Maybe he'll go down the same path as Andrew Thomas. Remember Andrew Thomas had a pretty, pretty bad rookie year. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, you got the whole bookends thing going on for however many years, as long as they keep these guys there. That's a nice thing to have. I think, you know, they'll probably pr- be protecting a different quarterback. I think unless Daniel Jones comes out and really impresses the new GM, the new coach, he'll be around next year. But I think the odds of that are slim to none. Um, and I, th- I think the defense is good for what? For our standards for them, right? When you compare it to the rest of the league, I don't think this is going to be a top 16 defense. I think this will be a bottom half of the league defense. But um, that's that's really why I have them as a three-win team. I think the combination of not being able to score plus this defense is going to be okay. I don't really see them winning more than... I, I could see them obviously getting to five or six wins, but nothing past that. Yeah, they'll have, they'll have a rush defensively. Their corners are pretty tough, though. I think they'll be able to get a pass rush. Uh, the offensive line, you know, honest to God, I, I really don't think that this is going to be an issue like it has been in the past. Thomas, like you said, I think Thomas has a chance to take even bigger step. Not to spend too much on the Giants. It is one of our teams, though. Uh, I think Thomas is going to be great. I think they have a bunch of veterans they signed for the middle of that line. I think the line will be okay. 
I think the defense and the passing game is going to be where you see problems. All right, let's go to the NFC North. Uh, you could start it off. I do want to pose this question, though, and I think it is uh, a very fair one. Uh, sorry. Is this division a lock for the Packers? Um, well, I have them winning it, so I guess technically it's a lock, but I wouldn't call it a lock in terms of there's no threat. I think the Vikings are a, a good team. I actually uh, have them, I believe, making the playoffs, just getting in, if not first team out. I got to look back at how the seeding ended up, but I have them at 14 and three, the Packers. I think, um, you know, we've seen them year after year put up great records, I mean, they they just consistently have won 12 to 14 games the past couple of years. Uh, and I think they do that again this year. Uh, the defense is supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. The best defense Aaron Rodgers has had in a while. He had a great defense last year too, but I think it's probably even better this year. Um, now, the loss of Devontae Adams is going to be uh, felt, I think. Um, we'll see who becomes that guy for Aaron Rodgers? I think the favorite is Alan Lazard, but we hear a little buzz about Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. I don't think Sammy Watkins has potential to be that guy, but if I had to put my money on it, I'd say either Dobbs or Lazard. It seems like Dobbs has been a little more impressive in camp than Watson has been, but um, you have a great running back tandem in Jones and Dylan. The offensive line is not the best version of the Packers line we're used to, right? Uh, but Bakhtiari is supposed to come back week one, possibly. Um, and I think they're going to be able to run the football well. And I'm sure I'm sure the offensive line will, will perform to uh, a high level for Aaron Rodgers. So I would say, I don't want to call it a lock. What do we consider a lock? Like they're just going to run away with the, the division? Like, I would say a lock is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win that division. What do you mean? Like, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a lock. Or even oh, well, go back last but... year. Last year, they were a lock to win that division. Okay, yeah. Right. There's no threat of anybody else. Right. I I'm going to – yes. You know what? I am going to – I'm going to call the Packers a lock. I think the Vikings, like I said, I think they have – I have them – I'll tell you right now. I have Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears, and I have the, the Vikings finishing 9-8. and eight. So, I think the Vikings could make a little noise. They might beat them on Sunday, right, to open up the year. Um, and they, they could be a playoff team, but I think there's no threat for the division. Honestly, I think we, we talk about the Vikings every year saying maybe, you know, this is the time they win the AFC North, but I think the Packers got this thing locked up. All right. I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, I think that the Packers are going to win the division. I, I have the Packers finishing at 12 and five, like you said, their offensive, uh, excuse me, their defense is going to be one of the three best in football, maybe the best in football. So I'm in lockstep there. The wide receiver thing to me, and I and I understand how great Rodgers is, and when guys have gone down in the past, he always he seems like he's great without those star receivers. But I think over a full season, you're going to see some struggles, and 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 that's normal. You have young guys coming in. It's not like they signed a bunch of veteran guys, right, yeah. and said, okay, here you go, formidable wide receivers. These are young, talented wide receivers being thrown into the fire with a Hall of Fame quarterback on a Super Bowl-ready roster, guys we've never really heard of. This is not going to be easy to start the year. I think the Vikings beat them. I think the Vikings make a statement and beat them big time Sunday night. 
I, uh, Sunday uh, now, I think I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself. I what's, I, what's I big really, time like double like digits, by a, like by a touchdown or more. I think they win this game and make a statement Sunday night against the Packers. So I've got the Packers at twelve and five. I've got the Vikings making the playoffs at eleven and six. Wow, you've got, got them the, eleven and six. All right. I've got the Lions at six and eleven, and I've got the Bears at two and fifteen. They're going to be the worst thing in football. Yeah, they're terrible. And the um, Lions again winning up, you know, six games will be good for them. At close in every game, I, I like I like the Lions, but the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell, I love. I absolutely love the hire. I mean, I love the Kevin O'Connell hire. He was uh, the offensive coordinator over there with the Rams. This is a young, innovative guy that is going to be big time for Kirk Cousins. I think Cousins takes – I shouldn't even say a step because he's not a young guy, but I think Cousins has a career season with the receivers that he's got. I'm very high on Justin Jefferson this year. Uh, Thielen's a very solid number two. I even like the number three guy, uh, KJ Osborne, to go Jalen along with Rager his, now. Jalen Rager's over there to go along with a solid run game. They got two running backs that you yeah. know that can both play. Mm-hmm. So I I really do believe in this team. I think they had a head coach that was holding them back for years. Even though Zimmer, you know, early on looked, you know, he was a good coach and went to the playoffs. I really like I really like this Vikings team. I really do. Um. I th- I just I think the Packers the fact that their defense is so good and this offensive system of Lafleur's now we're three years in with him or four years whatever it is now this is gonna be the fourth I uh, think. the fourth year right um, but the third year really where oh right there was that first year where Rodgers didn't have the best year and then he won the MVP and then he won it again so this is the third year really of Rodgers you know being in this system and obviously thriving um, very quarterback friendly system for a amazing quarterback uh i think the fact that their defense is so good and they're gonna have a good running game i don't think that the receivers are going to hurt them as much as we think there might be a couple growing pains and maybe that's why you're saying this thing that they're gonna get killed on sunday i don't think that's gonna happen i shouldn't say killed i think Ten, more than a touchdown a on sunday night football for the packers is getting killed it's it's not, it's uh it's sunday afternoon football a or touchdown whatever, or more I believe the Packers lose this game by a touchdown or more. I really, I really believe that. I, I love the Vikings as well. Well, I think did they they lost to Minnesota last year on the road to start the year, didn't they? I'm blanking on it, but I I know they've lost to Minnesota in pretty big games the last couple of years. Not yeah. big games, but games they should probably you think they would win. But yeah, and, and listen, the rest of this division is you know Bad. it's um. I really just am not a fan of just of Justin Fields. I'm really he looked good in the preseason. Even if you were, that doesn't even matter. If, even if you were, how the hell is this guy going to succeed? I'm blanking on the coach. Oh, they hired Eberflus, who is a great defensive mind from Indianapolis. But you don't give your quarterback any help, bro. He's got guy's... a couple of weapons over there. He's got Mooney. I, I, I don't don't even call Mooney. him weapons. Honestly, Darnell Mooney's a good receiver. He's not a one. And you got who they, I don't even Byron Pringle, Velis Jones. I never even heard of this guy. Cole Komet, Cole Komet, David. Enough. We've, we've already brought up too much. It, Enough, it's, please. it's mid. It's just mid. Everything is mid. Not even it's below mid. The next division. Do you have the Vikings making the playoffs? Um, I'm a little confused because I do, 
but it's my app is showing me the Cowboys as the seven seed and them as the eight. But when I did the like playoff bracket before, the Vikings were in and the Cowboys were out. So All I'm right, gonna so just play I'm just it gonna, as it is. I'm just gonna do what I had already, and That's yes, Vikings. the Vikings are in the playoffs. The Cowboys are not. All right, let's head over to the NFC South, uh, my division right here. I've got the Buccaneers as a number one seed at fourteen and three, uh, coming in at second place, uh, ten and seven. The New Orleans Saints uh, coming in third. The five and twelve Panthers, and in last, four and thirteen, the Marcus Mariota led Falcons. All right, uh, I got the same order. I got Bucks twelve and five. Um, Saints 11 and 6, Panthers 5 and 12, and Falcons 3 and 14. Yeah, so we're kind of we we kind of flip flop the uh the Bucks and the Packers there. That's yeah, that's kind of what we did. Uh, that's exactly what we did. Um, my reasoning on the Bucks, listen, you bring Brady back, um, they still got the weapons offensively, they lose Gronk, sure. Uh, they bring in Kyle Rudolph to go along with Brate. The offensive line has taken a beating. Let's uh, Ryan not... Jensen's a big blow. Right. Let's not forget about that. But I, I think they'll make it work. And again, the weapons they have on offense are gonna are gonna be really good. Um, and their defense is still loaded. The their teams are the, still really the, good. The team's a little banged up, a little bit. Chris Goblin's coming off that injury still. Yes. Ryan Jensen, like we talked about, offensive line a little banged up, but. And hey, Todd Bowles is the coach now. So I can't believe it. I really can't. I know. It is crazy. But it's it's Brady's team, and we all know that. I got a question because I, you know, especially the past few weeks, I'm like, oh, I I, I like the Saints. Good defense. Jameis, okay, will be good enough in a bad division. I think now we've talked about this. A team could be underrated to the point where they get overrated. And I actually think this is what's happening with the Saints here. Because listen, we're talking about their defense, right? And how and how great it is. They've lost some pieces. Like their defense has not been what it's been what we think it has been the last couple of years. They've lost some guys. I don't know if they're gonna be as great. Offensively, I don't trust Michael Thomas whatsoever. I, I actually I dislike Michael Thomas, to be completely honest with you, this season. Well I like you know, Alave. I like what they added. The right. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I I don't know. And their offensive line took a hit. They lose Armstead. I mean, they're valid points. Um, I think the defense is going to be great. I disagree. I think they're going to be a top five defense in the league. I mean, I think they were seventh or eighth last year in terms of team defense. Um, if if Michael Thomas stays healthy, you're looking at one of the best receiver rooms in the league. Um, I know Jarvis Landry is not the Jarvis Landry that oh, we're really? used to. Yes, really? Jarvis Landry and Jarvis Landry is a number three receiver, a mix with Alave, who a lot of people thought was the best receiver in last year's draft, and I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Now you're talking about Michael Thomas, who we were, you know, people were saying Michael Thomas was the best receiver in the NFL. I mean, I didn't think so, but definitely top ten when he was a healthy receiver. I mean, but even if he stays right. healthy. Even if he stays healthy, do we think he's going to even come close to that season that he had? Why not? When he won Offensive Player of the Year? Why not? I, I don't th- I don't think you so. you got a quarterback in Jameis Winston who's thrown over for over 5,000 yards before. I'm sure a lot of those are going to go to Michael Thomas if he's a healthy player. Yes, I mean, I don't think – You also have to remember Drew Brees was the quarterback when he did that. And listen, Drew wasn't at his highest levels, but he was still a pretty you know decent quarterback, and he's an accurate guy. I wouldn't say the same thing about Jameis Winston. I like Jameis. 
I mean, I don't know if I'm going to, that's my problem. I don't know if this is a crazy (laughs) statement, but I, I'm, I think you could argue that Jameis right now is a better quarterback than Drew Brees was his last couple of years in New Orleans. I mean, let's not the the last season. I definitely, I could agree with Drew Brees was, you know, Ben Roethlisberger territory where he was, I mean, the guy was throwing the ball five yards down the field at a time. He, he could not throw the ball deep anymore. They were, they were, remember against the bears, they brought Jameson or something to throw a deep pass. Because Brees right, just couldn't really do it. Let me see what year he like really started to fall, fall off. Um, he played eleven but games in twenty nineteen. I, I think I, uh, uh, we talk about rosters. He was great that year. We talk about rosters. Great roster. Um, Dennis Allen, I think, is a good coach. We'll see how he does in his first year. Um, but the defense is great. It's it's they have one of the toughest play, places to play in the NFL, and I think this offense could be very explosive. Watch what you say about Breeze, by the way, too. 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015. All, all of these seasons, he had over a 105 quarterback rating. Yeah, but passer rating. You always call it quarterback rating. Um, passer rating, yes. Yeah, sir. but let, the stats lie. Let's – Stats are stats. Let's remember yeah, what we were I'll watching the last I'll couple of years. I'll read it years. to you. I'll read it to you. From 2017 to 2020, 54 games started. He missed some games there. He was 41 and 13, had a 73% completion percentage, threw for 14,000 yards, 106 touchdowns, 20, 23 interceptions. Uh, his passer rating was 110. Give me his last, like, two years. 2017, he's still Drew Brees. Let's go. Let's go. Last two years, Okay. Uh, 23 games, 17 and six. He had a 72 completion percentage, 5,000 yards, 51 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He had a, a passer rating of 111. Are you listening to these stats right now? He's got a 72 completion percentage. He's throwing 10 touchdowns. You know why? Because he's throwing the ball five yards down the field at a time. He's not taking any risks. 10 touchdowns. What do you mean? 10, 10 picks. I meant 10 picks. He's not throwing the ball down the field. Listen, I'm not arguing that this guy. Why was, do you think people uh, are calling Michael Thomas slant boy? Because who was throwing him the slants? Listen, I'm not calling. I'm not calling Drew Brees, especially in those last couple of years, because I agree with you. I remember. Yeah, I remember everything that. Happened. It's no but disrespect to Drew Brees. I wouldn't put him on the Big Ben. Drew, Drew. All right, fine. Maybe not Big Ben. So maybe I had a lot of hand terrible. there. But but Drew, listen, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. I'm probably the most accurate quarterback I've ever watched in my life in his prime. Um, but. You know, like I said, was not a great quarterback the last year or two. And Thomas won that award in in nineteen. So let's go back to twenty nineteen. All right, no, enough, enough. I'm, I'm tired. That of was, that can was we move player. on? Can we move yeah, on? Yeah, we're gonna move on here. Falcons um, terrible. Panthers. Do we have to even talk ba- about it? Baker Mayfield. Have fun. I mean, place Kyle Pitts though gonna be great this year we'll see about that uh I I agree I agree but how much how great can he be with uh Marcus Merritt all right one of the more interesting divisions you want to start us off the NFC West sure uh coming in first San Francisco 49ers 13 and 4 Los Angeles Rams 11 and 6 Arizona Cardinals 8 and 9 and Seattle Seahawks 4 and 13 Alrighty, I got the Rams at twelve and five, winning the division. 
because then I've also got the 49ers coming to the 12 and five, uh, getting the wild card, the first one. Uh, coming in in third place in this division, I've got eight, nine Cardinals. And then coming in last, three and 14, the Seahawks. Yeah. See, I, I feel like a lot of people were, or I felt like that was kind of a hot take for me a couple months ago, saying the Cardinals were going to be eight, 19. But I think a lot of people are starting to hop on that train. Yeah. Right. Well, also, the teams in the division are, you know, are much better. And, and yeah. sure, we know that you know, the final two teams, in the NFC were the Rams and the 49ers, but they're better teams. They're better team. Well, the 49ers really are a more improved team this season. And I, I think the Falcons, I think the Cardinals, excuse me, I think they got a little worse and they're going to be without Hopkins to start the year. So I, I don't think that's crazy uh, with the Cardinals there. Let's start at the top though. I think both teams are very even Stafford's got the injury a uh, little bit. Um, People worried about with his elbow. There's his elbow or his shoulder. I think it was his elbow. Elbow. So I'm not too concerned about it. They're not too concerned about it at this point. They're saying he's a full go for Thursday night. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe him. Uh, Still a very talented team. Uh, They lose Odell. They lose Von Miller. I still like what they got on defense. I still got the best player in the world. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a little lower on the Rams than you are. I have them 11 and six and not winning the division. Um, I wouldn't call it a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, I just think the roster isn't as great as it was last year. Plus, I think like we talked about with some other teams in regards to the Bengals and whoever, I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. I think this is still a really good team, but, um, you know, they, they really went for it last year. Like you said, they lost Von Miller. They lost OBJ. Um, Allen Robinson is a nice addition for them. Let's see how he does. Uh, no more Robert Woods, but he was basically out the, the whole year last year anyways. Um, the offensive line is my big concern here. I think the defense will be fine. You know, you still got uh, great guys. Obviously, Ramsey and Donald are arguably the two best defenders in the whole league. But the offensive line concerns me. Um, I don't know, especially with the running game, I don't know how much they're going to be able to get this running game going. You got a healthy Cam Akers now, but you need guys to block for him. Um, the receivers are fine. Like I said, obviously Cooper cup is amazing. And then I already talked about Alan Robinson, but let's see how this thing goes with Matt Stafford. Um, it's a bit of a weird injury. It's a little concerning. He's got a finger up in the air. I lost you for a second. You just couldn't hear me at all. Oh, I can't hear you. But, um, I basically said the Rams offensive line concerns me. I'll try. I'll can try and continue off this point of the Rams, you know, you brought up Allen Robinson. I think Robinson is probably going to be better than what Odell gave you last season. Maybe not in the postseason. He was great in the postseason last year, but maybe he could be better. Oh, now I think I can hear you. Can you speak? Hello. Can you hear there me? There we go. Yeah, I, I lost you. I like Allen Robinson. Great. Not a huge, like, I'm not like in love with him, but I think Odell toward the end last year, He's getting toward the end of his career. I don't think that's crazy to say. I think Allen Robinson fully motivated as the number two. I think I think that can work. I thought Odell did great last year. What are you talking about? No, he was. I I loved Odell, but I mean, it's not crazy to think that this guy's toward the end of his career. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, coming off an injury like this too, he he won me a ton of money last year. But he did great. I mean, he looked. You know, he'll never get back to OBJ New York Giants, but he looked about as close to himself as he was. Exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about the Niners because I'm very high on them. They're actually my uh, – I thought they were my one seed. I'm, I'm all out of whack now. No, they're not. They're my two seed. I got them at 13 and four. Um, 
Trey Lance doesn't have to do much, honestly. I mean, he's got to not be horrible, and I think he'll he won't be horrible. I think he'll actually have a nice year. Um, I think he plays in a. Are you on the Trey Lance bandwagon? I'm not on the. I wouldn't say I'm on the bandwagon yet, just because I haven't seen him enough. Uh, I liked him as a prospect, and I think that the Niners are a great organization and know what they're doing and are going to put him in a position to succeed. I think this offensive system, especially, is going to help him succeed. Um, and I mean, you look around. You talk about. We've been talking about rosters all day. This is the best roster in the NFL. I mean, you look around the whole team. Elite talent everywhere. Offensive line, you have the best offensive lineman in the league, Trent Williams. Tight end, you have a top three. You know, you could even argue him for the number one spot. I wouldn't at this point, but uh, George Kittle, wide receiver, Debo Samuel. I mean, all over the place. Then you go to the defensive side of the ball. Fred Warner might be the best linebacker in the league. They're just all around a great team. Nick Bosa is going to have a monster season. I think that, like I said, Trey Lance doesn't need to light the league on fire. He's got to play smart football. He's got to take care of the ball. And, you know, you I'm sure they're gonna he's they're not gonna turn him into a game manager. They'll they'll take the chains off and let him fly his wings a little bit and see what he could do. But I think that this team is going to be really dangerous this year. And they're that's why I have them winning the division. I got a seat right here for you. I'll explain one of some of the reasons why I love them when we get to the postseason, because I got them going far. Uh, but I've always been a Trey Lance fan. And uh, just we'll we'll talk about the 49ers a little more. So when we come back, we're going to go to the postseason awards and then a little bit of baseball because both of our teams are collapsing before our eyes. That may be a little too dramatic, but it looks like it's that way. So when we come back, the rest of the postseason, the awards, and a little bit of baseball. The SNE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. Episode 73 of the Hardline Sports Talker NFL Prediction Show. Let's. All right. So we just did all the divisions. We got all our records. Now it's the postseason time. It's what really matters. After the postseason and we give our Super Bowl winner, we will have our awards so listen we're trying to be interesting you know i'm not picking chalk here right trying to be a little interesting so we'll we'll see what we get right all right so i'll start off afc uh give the seed give the seeds first we'll get one through seven in the afc and then obviously um nfc side after the afc all right so so my top seeds i've got the one seat I'll go first. One seed Colts, two seed Chiefs, three seed Bills, four seed Ravens, five seed Chargers, six Bengals, seven Raiders. Okay. One Bills, two Colts, three Bengals, four Chargers, five Chiefs, six Ravens, seven Broncos. All righty. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to do my AFC wildcard. I've got the number five seed Chargers beating the number four seed Ravens. I've got the Bills defeating the number six seed Bengals. And the number two seed Chiefs beating the number seven seed Raiders. Excuse me. Okay. I got four seed Chargers over five seed Chiefs. 
then six wow. seed Ravens over three seed Bengals. So I got two division opponents. Yeah. Um, and then two seed Colts over seven seed Broncos. All righty. Now our next, so this is the AFC divisional round. Yep. My matchup is a rematch. Bills Chiefs of last season. Ian Arrowhead. I've got the Bills getting revenge and moving on to the AFC championship game over the Chiefs. And then in a one versus five matchup in Indianapolis, I have the Chargers beating the Colts, advancing to the AFC championship game. All right. I got the four seeded Chargers beating the Colts on the road to advance to the AFC championship. And then playing them is the one seed Bills beating the six seed Ravens. All righty. The AFC championship game is the same for both of us. Bills, Chargers. Chargers, Bills. I've got the Chargers advancing to the Super Bowl over the Bills. Respect beating Buffalo in Buffalo. Um, I don't. I have the Bills beating the Chargers in Buffalo going go. to the Super Bowl. Very, very nice. All right. All right. So. Let's go to the NFC. Mm-hmm. Start off. Give us our one through seven. All right. Um, one seed Packers, two seed Niners, three Bucks, four Eagles, five Saints, six Rams, seven Vikings. All righty. I've got the one seed Bucks, two seed Packers, three seed Rams, excuse me, four seed Eagles, five seed 49ers, six seed Vikings, and the seven seed. Very close. The Saints over the Cowboys. All right. Yeah, so you you start us off. Uh five seed Saints beating the Eagles on the road. Then Bucks three seed beating the Rams at home. And the two seed Niners beating the Vikings at home. righty. I've got the five seed. 49ers going to Philadelphia and beating the Eagles. I've got the three seed Rams at home beating the Vikings and the two seed Packers beating the Saints at home. You're up, my friend. All right. Moving on. uh, Rams. Niners home against the Bucks. Niners win. Packers home against the Saints. Packers win. We got a rematch of last year's divisional round, but this time in the in the NFC Championship, Packers Niners. All righty, I've got the Rams going to Green Bay, three seed, and beating the two seed Packers. And then in a very interesting game, the five seed Forty ers go to Tampa, and they beat the number one seed on the road. The we have a rematch of the NFC Championship game last year. Okay. A little similar. I'm glad you didn't have the Packers going on, though. We, that would have been bad if we had the same four teams. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, Packers home against the Niners. Rematch of the NFC Championship. It seems like these teams meet up all the time. Rematch of last year's uh, NFC Divisional Round. Rematch of the NFC Championship from a couple years ago. Uh, Niners win in Lambeau. I got the Niners winning going on to the Super Bowl. As do I. I have the 49ers going to the Super Bowl. I'm fully on board the Trey Lance train. 
I love the roster. I love the coach. I've got the 49ers headed to the Super Bowl playing the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And I've got this, the Los Angeles Chargers winning the Super Bowl. These are two five seeds for me, the 49ers wow. and the Chargers. I have the Chargers winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Exciting well, this stuff. Is, this is a one and a two seed for me. Um, I got the Bills beating the Niners. Bills win the Super Bowl. And um, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a, a similar theme when we talk about our awards. Yes. I have a little idea of why me and Merlo, why I picked the Bills and he picked the Chargers. I have a funny feeling about this kid, but yeah. Yeah. We also spoke on the phone before. I'll go through uh, my MVP very quickly. I've got Justin Herbert. If you know me, you know I've been a huge fan of Justin Herbert for years. I root for the Oregon Ducks in football. Uh, I've been a big-time Justin Herbert fan. I wanted Herbert on the Giants the year he was supposed to declare as a junior, and he never did. That was the guy I wanted. It still haunts me to this day, by the way, that he didn't go into the draft because the Giants would have drafted him that year. I'm fully convinced. Herbert's my MVP. They win the Super Bowl. I think he's one of the more talented backs in football. That's obvious. Great system around him. Great offensive players. You know, he's set up for greatness, this kid. And he's mm-hmm. he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you want me to read my MVP? MVP? Or? Okay. Uh, Josh yeah, Allen. your MVP. Josh Allen. Oh, no, really? <laughs> Bill's going to win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen's got to win the MVP. Um, When was the last Super Bowl winning team that had the MVP or last MVP that won the Super Bowl. I, I honestly, I don't know. Might have been a really long time ago, honestly. But but I'll tell you something right now. With with both of these picks, we're bound to get one of the four right, right. Like either the Chargers win the Super Bowl, or Herbert wins the MVP, or the Bills win the Super Bowl, or Allen wins the MVP. Like one of those picks is bound to be right. You're kind of just like hedging your bets. Maybe I guess. I mean, there's a lot, you know, Mahomes, Burrow, Rogers. No, Brady, I I Rose. know. Um, and it's that so hard, man. Bad. I mean, it's it's you know, this is all for fun with predictions and just we're taking educated guesses, but it's so hard. I mean, who the hell saw the Bengals going to the Super Bowl last year? I think I had them like four wins, and so did everybody else. Nobody was saying yeah. the Bengals were going to be a playoff team last year. Never. Uh, okay, my offensive player of the year. I think this is going to surprise you. I've got Justin Jefferson winning Offensive Player of the Year. I'm very high on this guy. Talked about how I was very high on the Vikings. I think Kevin O'Connell, new offensive system. Kirk Cousins loves feeding him. He's on a trajectory to be a all-time wide receiver, and I think he takes that even bigger step this year and wins this award. Um. Yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me because I also – have Justin Jefferson oh, seriously the offensive <laughs> player of the year. But yeah. clearly we didn't coordinate these. We I mean no. if we did we probably would have changed it. Yeah. Yeah. But all man, right that's fine. Wouldn't be authentic. Great minds think like didn't we have a similar we had the Cy Young Award pick that be the same. Oh uh, Max Freed. Not Jose Barrios though. That's all you don't then again right. I I think I picked like Giolito. He's been just as bad. So I think probably worse, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we both had out of the blue kind of NL Cy Young Award picks to start the baseball season. Is this it? Because I have money on Freed and Freed is rising up those boards right now a little bit. 
I don't know. Freed, uh, Freed might win this thing for me. All right, um, both got Jefferson. Uh, you want to go defensive player of the year? Yeah. I think we're going to be the same here, actually, to be completely honest with you. What division does he play in? The NFC West. Okay, no, we don't. Uh, okay. Miles Garrett. I got Miles Garrett winning okay. the defensive player of the year. Uh, 16 sacks last year. Probably has more this year. Guy's a monster. I'm sure he'll be on the field a lot. So, I don't with the, you know, yes. uh, Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback. Yes. So, Miles Garrett. All right. I've, you know, I'm actually between two guys. I mean, the whole time I've had Nick Bosa. I've also had Nick Bosa for the last three years now, I think. So that's kind of why I'm going Bosa. I obviously, you'll see Parsons winning this award as well, but I'll stick with Bosa here. Okay. I'll say Bosa wins it. Nice. Uh, uh, offensive, offensive rookie, rookie of, the of the year. year. Um, Damian Pierce. You know, oh. I didn't, it's, it's, it's not a, sexy pick i guess you could say i mean the guy's a texan but Brees hall is probably the best offensive player that we're gonna see out of these rookies because you know he's just the best running back that got drafted and was widely regarded as the best running back in this class um but i don't see the jets making him you know uh, into a a, tw- a a thousand plus yard rusher his first year putting up 10 touchdowns, whatever it's going to take of what we've seen out of these last couple of rookies. So you look at the rest of the field, I'm like Drake London, Chris Alave, Kenny Pickett is not even a starter to start the year. Right. So I figured Damian Pierce uh, is the pick that I intrigued me the most because I think he's going to get the most volume. Uh, I guess maybe I'm thinking from a fantasy football perspective, but Damian Pierce. Yeah, so we kind of talked about it before with the Saints, kind of, you know, what that situation is going to look like uh, receiver-wise. I'm not as high on uh, Michael Thomas as others are. I believe that Chris Olave is going to step in, and I don't think he's the most talented receiver from the draft last year. I think that's uh, Drake London or even Jamison Williams or even Garrett Wilson. I don't I don't think Olave he's obviously in that class, but I wouldn't say he's one. But Alave's a damn good receiver, and he's going to have opportunities. And Jameis is going to throw that ball deep downfield. And Alave's a big play receiver. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities. I'm going to give the award to Alave because it's a weak, it's a very weak class this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, so defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, I went a little chalk here. Aiden Hutchinson. I just think, I think Aiden Hutchinson is first of all defensive ends. I think automatically have the upper hand when trying to win a defensive rookie of the year defensive player of the year they just put up the numbers the most um it's really hard for a corner i don't see i think sauce Gardner's is gonna have a very good rookie year but it's very hard for a corner to win this award um i think he's just that guy aiden hutchinson's a stud i could see him definitely reaching double digit sacks his first year he's also very good against the run i'm sure he'll have plenty of tackles for loss uh I, I think the 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 Jaguars, you know, listen, Trey, Trevon Walker could be a great player. I think they're going to ultimately regret not taking Hutchinson, though. Um, and I think Detroit has a stud defensive end for however long they could hold on to him for. You know, Trayvon Walker was a surprise pick to everybody, and he's not my pick. But I think Walker's going to end up having a very good season. He's not my pick. I'm okay. not going chalk at all. I love I love Kayvon Thibodeau. 
the defensive end the Giants drafted from Oregon. I, re- I really like him. I think he's going to have a really solid career. I don't think he's going to win the award. This is – I got two guys, okay? Well, you, only, you can only pick one, so. I'm going to say – I, I'm stalling here. Doing it at the buzzer. I'm I'm, I'm stalling. I'm stalling here. No, Howard. because I put two guys. I put two guys. I'm going to say Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. This kid can fly around. He is just ultra athletic. He's going to be making tackles all over the field for the Jaguars. This is not chalk. This is a completely out of left field pick, but I'm taking arguably the best athlete in the entire draft going to a team defensively that could use some work. I like I the other guy I was considering was Daxon Hill. Have you ever heard of this kid? Yes. He's a safety on um Cincinnati. I've never I, I watched him in the preseason and shorts the preseason. Kid flies around. I mean, mm-hmm. he flies around as well. He's gonna be an exciting player to watch too. So um Lloyd, go Lloyd. I'm losing you a little here. I can hear you well, but you're starting to get choppy with the video. Getting choppy. Yeah, a little choppy. I see myself perfectly. You're moving like one pixel at a time. I see myself perfectly too. So I guess when we look back at the video, we'll see who's looked worse. Whose fault um, it is. Okay, coach of the year. I hope we have a little different. But this is also, I was talking to you about this before. It's tough to pick the coach of the year because you'll have a team that has a really nice season, but they always go for the team. That's maybe the wild card that like just got in the playoffs. So they give it to that coach. I'm not going for the wild card team. I'm going for the Indianapolis Colts and Frank Reich. I say he wins the coach of the year. Matt Ryan comes along. We told I already talked about how much I loved. Uh, I love Matt Ryan coming to this team. And I think they're going to be really good. I have them winning 13 games, I think. Uh, so yeah, I think Frank Reich gets the award. All right, I'm going to do the exact opposite you said. I'm going to say Kevin O'Connell, first-year head coach, brings this uh, Vikings team to the playoffs and has a good year. I say Kevin O'Connell wins the award. Good pick. That's it. That's the end of our college uh, – college, our NFL 2022 predictions. Very, very exciting. We finished it off. Um, so I got the Chargers versus the 49ers in the Super Bowl and the Chargers beating the 49ers. JM's got the Bills and the 49ers and the Bills hosting the Lombardi. Yep. All right. Let's slight baseball. I mean, you know, the Mets have taken a nosedive. That's the most recent thing at this point. Um, you know, the Yankees, obviously, the lead is four and a half games now. The Rays won today. The Yankees didn't play. They got rained out. Uh, the Rays took two out of three over uh, the weekend in Tampa Bay. I'll say this about the Mets very quickly, and then you could just say something about the Yankees and we'll end off this show. Um, I think the New York Mets are a very good baseball team. I think that offensively right now for the past two weeks, really since they played the Yankees two weeks ago, they've had a really tough time scoring runs. You can go back to the trade deadline. You can go make the excuses. They didn't do enough and get enough offensive pieces. I don't want to hear about that because the team was scoring runs after the trade deadline at a very high clip. I think this team just has a bunch of players like Pete Alonzo and Brandon Nimmo and others that are just not stepping up and hitting the ball. That's Lindor. the problem with this team right Lindor now. Lindor too. I mean, he had a great month uh, of August, but he's he's cooled off. 
he he cooled off a little bit. He had a great series against the Dodgers. And you know what the, the worst part about it is that they play so well against the Dodgers. They take two out of three, and now you lose two out of three over the weekend to the Nationals, and you lose the opener to the Pirates. You lost three straight now. And if the Braves win tonight, they are tied for first place with you. This is the one thing I'm going to say. Again, the Mets are great. They're 85 and 51. Teams can lose games. Teams can lose series. Good teams do it. I mean, hell, the Astros a couple of weeks ago were struggling. They were playing, meddling 500 baseball. They got swept by the A's at home. And nobody says a word because, oh, well, the Astros have been so great this year. Their division leads fine. They even still have the one seed. Nobody even blinked an eye at that. But the Mets, who now are losing games in September, and you have the Braves on your ass, that's why everything is just made such a big deal. And right. the Mets haven't, the Mets have been the most consistent team in baseball this year, other than probably the Dodgers, because the Mets haven't gone on losing streaks. I think three is their, their, their max. Right. So they've been so consistent this year. Give them the benefit of the doubt, but they got to break out of this and they got to break out of it tomorrow I, with a sweep. A right. I mean, I agree with you. I think if, you know, if the Mets lose this division, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it sucks because they're probably going to miss out on that bye because they would probably have the two seed. The Cardinals are playing really good baseball lately, but they have about a five game lead on the Cardinals right now for yeah. that. Um, the Braves are maybe the best team in baseball. I mean, you know, let's their record is already a top four record in baseball, whatever it is. And they've been if you scale it down to since June 1st, they might have the best record in baseball. Remember the Dodgers? They, 61 and 24, it's the best. Yeah. It's about the Yankees. When the Yankees were at their best, their best record. Right. When we're talking about 120 wins for the Yankees, that's, that's the what the Braves record. are since June 1st. So, that's like 50 and 34 or something like so, that. So, I mean, listen, I got bad news for you. You don't even, you know this already. This Braves team is going to be a dynasty. They are, I mean, they yeah. have so many guys locked up for a long time. Um, and you got guys coming up. Michael Harris is looking amazing. I mean, he's going to be a perennial all-star at this point. Um, and obviously, you know, Austin Riley is turning into a stud. Yeah, they're loaded all over the place. Um, I didn't even mention Spencer Strider, 16 strikeouts. But anyways, back to the Mets. Um, Matt Olson. The offense was a concern, and it still is a concern for this team in general. Um, it's not a glaring concern though. This isn't like the Mets of that we know of the past couple of years where it's like, oh, they have such good starting pitching, but is this team going to be able to hit? They have hit good hitting, a good hitting style, I think, that is going to help them in the playoffs. Um, now they're going to need Pete Alonzo to be swinging a hot bat in the postseason and Francisco Lindor and, and you know, guys you rely on. Um, you can't ask much more out of Starling Marte in his first year in New York. Honestly, he's been great. Um, but like I said, it's not the end he's of the world. It's not the end of the world if they lose this division. Um, it's not, but you know, the perception of it, obviously. Right. And that's okay, man. It. You go go with the perception and all that crap. Um, you know, you want to talk about collapses. We're talking about the Yankees coming down to they were gonna blow past hundred wins. Now we're not even sure if they're gonna win ninety five games. And if they're going to win this division, I mean, they had a 13 game lead about a month ago. You know, this is a bad collapse that's going on right now that hopefully doesn't completely fall through. Um, but they're a dangerous team in the postseason. Nobody's going to want to go up against that pitching staff. It's going to come down to if they can hit well against elite pitching. That's what it's going to come and, down to. And the thing with 
you know, and we talk about offense and, and lack of offense. When you face good teams in the postseason, there's not much offense to come by because most of the time that team is going to have elite pitching. The Braves have very good pitching. The Dodgers even better than that. The Cardinals have some good pitching. Runs are going to be hard to come by, and that's on top of the Mets having arguably the best one through three in the whole league. So right. you just got to be able to score runs. Like you said, the way the Mets have been scoring runs, working pitch counts, getting on base, finding ways to score runs differently. And then obviously you'd love to pop a Homer. Let's get to the Yankees very quickly. We'll talk about the MVP debate. Um, another time, not much time. Left not a today. debate. It's not a debate. What's... It's a debate. No, it's not it's definitely a debate. We'll talk about it another day. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Yankees are going to lose this lead. I really don't. I've been saying it for a while now, but um, it's getting interesting. And depending on where it falls, if the Yankees, what the Yankees do tomorrow in the uh, doubleheader, the Rays can come in at four games, three and a half games tomorrow and come in over the weekend. So that'll be interesting. This weekend series is going to tell a lot because the Yankees can sew up the division if they take care of business against Tampa Bay Rays this weekend. Yeah, I mean, three out of four against Minnesota and then two out of three against Tampa, you're you're looking fine, right? It's The pressure's off. They're probably five or six games lead after that, depending on how Tampa does in the rest of the series against Boston. Um, I can't believe it's come down to this point, but now I'm at the point where it's like, all right, let's say we skate by and win the division. My, I am not relieved. Now I'm like, okay, we won the division. We got to win in the playoffs. And at this point, you know, you, I'm not confident in this team in a playoff series at all. Yeah. We got guys injured. We're getting Harrison Bader back. Well, not back. We're just getting him. You know, he hasn't even played for us yet. Right. Um, Matt Carpenter is hopefully going to be back and be a contributor for us. But you know, Stanton's dealing with injuries. Rizzo's on IL now. Uh, whatever. We got a ton of injuries going on. Severino's coming back. lemayu has been playing hurt. He's not going on the IL and he's it is, clearly not the same player. It is incredible the way that this team, every single person in this lineup, that is not named Aaron Judge, has declined since the All-Star break. Everybody. And I am also at the point as a Yankee fan, and even if I wasn't a Yankee fan, an outsider looking in, I would agree that unless the New York Yankees win the World Series, I think Brian Cashman needs to be fired. I think... I, I really, you know, you know me. I mean, even before the podcast, you've been friends with me forever. We obviously have talked sports forever. I have always been a Brian Cashman defender. I am at the point where you now look at this team heading into next year, especially, I think already, like if they re-sign Judge, I'll let it go. But the fact that he's not even re-signed yet, the fact that they didn't re-sign him last offseason, I think that's a problem. I think that probably has to do with Hal Steinbrenner and Cashman and his relationship and him kind of playing puppet or whatever. That's another story. Um, Josh Donaldson is making $25 million a year. You have him on the books for next year. That's a lot of money for a guy with a 690 OPS who doesn't shut the hell up and is now starting to decline defensively all of a sudden. He's been, like, so good, and now for the past two weeks, he's been, like, a terrible defensive third baseman. Um, Aaron Judge is putting together the greatest regular season we've seen since Barry Bonds, literally. He has the second-best WRC plus since 2004, Barry Bonds. Um, You need to bring this guy back, and I'm really just tired of the – 
the philosophy behind the Yankees, the way the team has been ran, the manipulating the service time, the phantom IL stints, the the handling of the injuries, the, the resting guys, the lineups. I got they call up Oswald Peraza and you start IKF and don't even put him in the game, and then you put Oswald Peraza in the game for his debut at second base and leave IKF at short. I mean, the way the lineups have been done, I don't know if that's on Boone, that's on Cashman, whatever it is. You know, we don't know who's a puppet to who. But I think unless this team at this point wins the World Series or makes it to the World, I'll give them makes it to the World Series. But if they lose to Houston again, Brian Cashman's got to be done. Especially yeah. if they lose to the freaking Mariners or somebody. By the way, I, I think if that was their matchup in the divisional round, I actually think they lose that game, that, that series. I like the Mariners slightly better than the Yankees at this point. Um, it's just, you're right. It has not, the roster construction has made no sense. They got off to an amazing start to me personally. And sure, the numbers could have backed it up. It didn't all make sense. Not that they weren't a good team. I just never thought they were that good. And now you've kind of seen everything come back to earth other than Aaron Judge. And now you have a, now you have a problem. And, yep. and of course, you know, injuries have been a massive part of this, not only to, you know, guys in your lineup, but starting your starting rotation, your bullpen has become a problem. I, I think you're right. The roster construction, the way they're spending money and the fact that Judge is not here, you may be right. Brian Cashman does not. Why, why didn't they get? Why didn't they get Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Freddie Freeman, any of these guys? Because they want to leave room for Judge, which makes sense, right? And then you got Volpe coming but, up next year. Maybe if you let Judge go, it that's obviously. I mean, how can you have your job still if you let Aaron Judge go in the offseason? My thing with Correa, and if the Yankee Cashman said he was involved, he talked to Correa, he was involved with his agents t- till the end. If you knew that that deal was possible, that he signed with the Twins, why was that deal not signed with the New York Yankees? Please, for the love of God, for three years at 33, 35 some odd million dollars a year, when you take on $25 million already of Josh Donaldson, why was that deal not signed with the New York Yankees? For three max three seasons. I'm okay. That isn't bad. Honestly, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with not getting Correa. Correa's a great player. I mean, I I was watching him the other day. He he's having a nice season with them. You know, he's been banged up a little bit. He's having a nice season over there. I'm okay with them not getting Correa because I understand looking to the future. Volpe's the best prospect they've had in a really long time. Um but I'm not asking you to sign him to a long-term contract. I'm saying sign him to that contract that he signed. Maybe he opts out after a year, a great year he has, and you don't bring him back. The, o- the only but reason why – A better option than having Donaldson and IKF. Well, yeah, the, the, I was going to say the only reason why I'm like, I wish we did sign Correa is because IKF is the shortstop. If it was somebody else that was producing at a better level – I mean, listen, I didn't expect a lot at IKF, but I expected a little more than this. I mean, I didn't expect the guy to come out and hit 25 home runs, obviously, but I was expecting a better defensive player and a little better offensive production. A little. Well, haven't gotten that. All right, that's enough. We can rant about our baseball teams trying to break our hearts. Sports is a lot of pain. Whether it's fantasy, you're stressed out about it, you lose. Whether you lose a sports bet or your team is bad and decides to collapse in August and September, please. A lot of pain. I don't know why we do it, but we suffer. Thank you for listening. It's a great episode. 
we'll be back sometime next week after a hopefully a great week one. Anything you got to say? No, excited for week one. Uh, good luck to everybody in fantasy on your with your fantasy football teams. If you're not, Are we gonna post picks on social media. Um, we'll discuss that. I'm not sure. All right. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time.